and I just want to give God the praise today for allowing us to be here and allowing us to be able to share with each other this morning and worship him and give him the praise. Amen. How many believe that God is real? Amen. Amen. Every hand in the house should have went up when I asked that question. Amen. Amen. If you don't believe God is real, then just stick around. You'll, you'll believe. <laughs> I don't even think that's my CD. Little volume. There are some things I may not know. There some places oh Lord I cannot go but I am sure of this one thing my God is real for I can feel him deep within yes god is real oh he's real in my soul my god is real for he has washed and made me whole. his love for me You know it's just like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. Some folks may die. Some folks may scorn. All, all can desert and leave. Leave me alone. But as for me, I'll take, I'll take God's part. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my heart. Oh, yes, God is real. Oh, he's real in my soul. My God is real. For he has washed and made me whole. His love for me. You know it's just like pure gold. My God is real. Him in my soul. Yes, God is real. Oh, He's real in my soul. My God is real, for He has washed and made and made me whole. Oh, y'all don't know, but His love for me. You know it's just like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. My God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. My God is real, for I can I feel him deep down, deep down in my soul. 
One day I'm going to be able to sing too. But since I can't sing, I can talk. At this time, would the um, deacons and the deaconess come to re let's receive the tithes and offering? And while they doing that, I'm going to talk. A young man just yesterday, he thought that those who died and didn't go to heaven were someplace burning. And he believed that. So I asked him, I said, well, if they someplace burning, and those who went to heaven, who, those who died and went to heaven, I said, well, first of all, for those who died and went to heaven, why do Jesus have to come back? Then I told the young man that if a man been nothing but a drunk, he beat his wife, he molested a child or some child's whatever, and he's someplace burning. I said, so then what you're telling me, he has everlasting life. He can't die. But I said, now, the one who made him a drunk, the one that made him a woman beater, the one that made him molest little children that's still running around, making more drunks, making more men's or women's who molesting little children, making more men's or women's who beat each other up, is still running around. He said, I never thought about that. And I'm talking about our enemy known as Satan. So what that did, he said out of his own mouth, he said, I want to know more. I said, well, you're at the right person to get more from. Amen. Amen. And what's strange, I have to hurry up and do this here because the first of September he's leaving. But already I've been pulling out material that he can take with him. We're going to get together. Now, I'm saying that to say this here that God has given this church some truth. I say some because there's still a lot more for us to receive. And what we have, we need to be out there sharing it with people. And somebody say, well, Elder Hudson Heiser, every day you, you got somebody, the personal ministry too. Well, that's all I talk about every day. That's all I talk about. And I found out when that's all you talk about, let somebody get in trouble or need some help, they're going to come talk to you now. Amen. Well, I see they ready, but... Amen. But I just want to share that with you, that God has given us something, my sisters and brothers, that money came by. There's not enough silver and gold to put in your pocket or put up. Your 401 can't handle all of this knowledge that God has given us and still have more knowledge to give us if we accept it. But the Bible tells us that we should be able to answer every man according to our faith that we have in his son, Jesus Christ. I don't know at all, but I tell you what, what God don't give me, has given me, I thank him for it. And I'm giving it back to his children who still is in a dark world. But the Bible tells us, there's some part I want to read, we read this all the time, but I just want to share this here with you, coming out of Malachi. He said, for I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob, are consumed. Even from the days of your father, you are gone away from my ordinance. You have not kept them. Return, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. But you say again, wherein have we robbed thee? And tithes and an offering. And this is power right here. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me. I don't want to rob God. I don't want to be cursed. And I didn't say that. I'm just reading you the scripture this morning. 
I don't care what your tithes is. If you ain't making but a dollar a week, give God 10 cents. If you're making two dollars, give them 20 cents. You ain't giving it to me. You're giving it to thus says the Lord. But I wanted to read that scripture because he said, you are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me. Not me, not the elders up here, not the pastor. He said him. Then he said, bring me all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now where herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I would not open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive them. And Father, I thank you for your word. Father, we come now and ask for your blessing of the tithes and offering. Father, we bless those who gave. Father, bless those who wanted to give but had not to give. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and we ask that the church say, Amen. You may be seated. It's still a happy Sabbath. Amen. Amen. Good morning to our listening audience at Station KKVV. Thank you once again for taking the opportunity to join in with us at Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located at 1720 North J Street, and our contact number is 702-647-2627. And our website is www.abundantlifelv.org. We are pastored by Russell Lewars. Our speaker today is Johnny Holiday. Principal Holiday primarily serves as the principal of the kindergarten through eighth grade school here at Abundant Life Christian Academy. He is also the associate pastor of Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. After our next musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of pastor slash principal, Johnny Holiday. Amen. Hear ye him. Good morning again. Weeping and 
prophet have you not you forgive me if I cry for a moment yes indeed let me ask the Lord to be with us quickly because hmm 
Church, I need you to pray with me this morning. I need you to concentrate on the Holy Spirit coming into the place. Let us bow our heads, Father, in heaven I come asking for a special blessing this morning. Dear God, I ask that you will remove me. You know I am hiding behind the throne this morning. For I am a sinner, certainly not worthy. Uh, but with you all things are possible, and I ask that you will fill my heart and my soul, that I will give a message this morning that will save someone. Now, dear God, I say let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And let the church say amen. amen. This morning, church, I come to you with a lot of prayer and a bit of a heavy heart, not because something has gone wrong, but I come this morning because I've been on my knees and asking God a question. And I know that Many people attend Sabbath school with perfect attendance. Many serve in auxiliaries in the church every year if God has blessed him or her with the strength to do so. Many have even visited the sick and fed the hungry. Many have paid a faithful tithe and an offering without ever missing one Sabbath to do so or one week. But I've asked God the question, what would it be like if Jesus arrived today and said to all those who I've just commented on, based on what I've said, but I never knew you? But I never knew you. This morning, church, I want to speak to you on a sub subject entitled, Jesus Makes a Perfect Yoke. Jesus Makes a Perfect Yoke. Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. In chapter 11, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 11. Jesus Makes a Perfect Yoke. I want you to get that now. I want to take my time so that you can get that. Now, if the Holy Spirit moves this morning, then I can't control that. So I'll take off this watch. And we've started on time. So for the first time, we may get out at 1230. Amen. Amen. I know I'd get your attention with that one. <laughs> We're going to see what the watch does and what the Holy Spirit does. OK. Do we have it? Matthew in chapter 11. Before we read it, I want to share something with you. And I want you to recognize why some come in God's house. And yes, we praise God differently. It's not my position to judge how you praise the Lord. Uh, for me, I get happy sometimes. Then there's a reason for the happiness. Can't control it sometimes, O.D. But I want to share something with you. I come from a family of 13 kids. After losing my mother, I was brought up with six kids in a home with my sister. With two brothers myself, we were separated in twos. There were two brothers, myself and my brother, two years younger. And there were four belonging to a sister who were one boy and three girls. Tell you why I get happy sometimes. I don't know about you, but when I pass the Salvation Army and I see the people on the street, 
I don't know if you see them. I don't know if they've become something that you are just so used to seeing that it doesn't even resonate in your mind what you see on the street. But when you have a niece who you've grown up with, and I spent my life with my niece, and I get a call from my niece saying to me, I'm not talking about someone who you see on the street that you don't know. You just happen to see them and you see them so much so they don't even make any more sense or connection with you. You just see them and think that that's the norm of the day. But when my niece called me, whom I ate with and played with and sat at the table with and went to school with and said to me, I'm sitting in a bus station homeless. I've been put out of my apartment and I'm sitting in a bus station and I'm homeless. And I'm going to have to sit here until someone sends me some, some funds to at least get back to my home with my mother. That's why sometimes I cry. Because I've never been homeless. The Lord has always taken care of me. He said my seed will not be forsaken, nor have I seen him every begging. That's why I cry sometimes. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When it hits home like that, you have to say, Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've done for me. No, I may not have the food that I want. No, I may not have the home that I want. But I am sheltered. I am fed. Somebody help me this morning. So that's why sometimes we cry. When we look at the word of God, Jesus makes a perfect yoke. I want to focus on the verse that reads, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Amen. Amen. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, who yoke, church? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. And, 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 and I want to share with you this morning, as we look at Jesus and a perfect yoke, let me set the tone for you here. A yoke was used before tractors were invented. Is somebody with me? This device would fit over the heads of a team of oxen and mules and donkeys. The curved part will rest on their shoulders as they pull the plow through the fields. A good yoke was important to helping animals from being injured. Is anybody with me? A yoke also helped the animals work efficiently. Yokes were used when Jesus was on this earth. Jesus was trained as a carpenter by his father. According to the word of God, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? One would surmise that due to Jesus' training by his father, he may have constructed yokes for oxen to utilize. Is anybody with me? One would further surmise that the yokes that Jesus made never irritated the shoulders of the oxen and helped them with their tremendous burdens. Just stay with me for a moment. Jesus also talks about yokes with human beings. He compared, he compared our life, work, and trials to the burdens that were shouldered by farm animals. Jesus told his disciples that if they would follow his commandments and trust his word, these truths would be like a yoke helping them shoulder life's burdens. The invitation to discipleship includes taking the yoke of Jesus. This invitation's essence is that of being what? Born again. You must be born again. You must be a new creature in Christ. In order to yoke up with God, you have to be born again, church. The Savior said, except a man be born from above unless he shall receive a new heart, new desires, purpose, and motives leading to new life, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
And so it is the natural man that does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. Reminds me of young people. They think we crazy. I think they crazy too. <laughs> for the Word of God said, it seems foolish to them. Nor can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The natural person does not have the Spirit of God in contrast to the born-again Christian who does have the Spirit. I submit to you that in order to be yoked up with Jesus, there has to be a new birth, and the old things in your life must be passed away. Now, if you keep coming in the same church every Sabbath for the past three or four years, drinking the same brew that when you baptized, you said you were going to stop drinking, I submit to you, you may not be yoked up with Jesus. Now, I didn't give you three months, I gave you three years. Giving you some grace and mercy. I submit to you, you keep coming and it's the same thing. You might want to question whether you're yoked up with Jesus. When you're yoked up with Jesus, people will look at you a little closer. When you're yoked up with Jesus, your temperament is different. You're not so swift to say, I want to get them straight. I need to just let you think about that. Sound a little, little plain, but just think about that. When you yoked up with Jesus, you don't always say, I can't wait. I'm going to let you think, because I know something. I can't wait. Wait till I see her. Wait a minute. If you yoked up with Jesus, there's a temperament that has come over you that said, Lord, and James, it said, tame this tongue. Tame this tongue, Jesus. Let me think before I speak to my brother. If you're yoked up with Jesus, you're, so, you're not so quick to move swiftly like so. Jesus still makes the best yoke. God doesn't intend for our lives to be full of anxiety and worry. The word of God says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging. The Lord will give us tasks to accomplish, but he will, I submit to you, he will give you the power to complete those challenges. Amen. If our jobs and chores are discouraging and awful, we may need to stop and ask Jesus to help, up with, help us with his yoke. As we learn to follow Jesus, we will discover that our life's work and trials will be manageable and rewarding. In this passage, we want to focus on the attention of how and certainly who will sustain us during these times of suffering and deception. Does anybody know anybody suffering? And indeed, there is suffering and deception. We are living in the last days for many who believe this world will gradually improve are spiritually and gravely mistaken. For during the end times, there will be all sorts of evil and many will depart from this earth and from the faith. The Bible says in the book of Timothy and 2 Timothy that there will be those speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with hot iron. And Timothy informs us that the time will come when, 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 when we will not endure sound doctrine, but according to itching ears. Itching ears. You know what itching ears are? People who have uh, around people that say things that they want to hear. Things that make them feel good. That, that I go to this church because they say what I like. Come on now. Itching ears. People want to feel good. You see, church, sound teaching is essential for spiritual maturity. But sound teaching is not always tolerated. There will come a time, and already has come a time, when people will seek out teachers to tell them anything that is in accordance to what they want to do. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus admonishes to us, the beginning of verse 28, come to who? Come to me. He instructs us, instructs us to come to him in order to have access to the Father, we must go through the cross and we must go through Christ. The same Christ who bore the cross in order that we all may have access to salvation. 
Christ alone knows the Father, and therefore Christ alone can reveal the Father. The Word of God says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That is, he, to bear fruit. What does prune mean? Jesus Christ cleanses. Prune means he has to cleanse us. In order to be yoked up with Jesus, we must abide. He must abide in you and you in him. And only then can you bear fruit. For without Jesus, you can do nothing. Christ is saying that there, if you expect to find a way of life, the way of life that you know is right, that way, the wisdom and the rest, by going to a so-called wise and prudent, you will never find it. You will never find it by going to people you think because, be careful, be careful, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Because of the number of degrees that one person may have. Come on, somebody, help me. Because, because somebody may have a stammering tongue, somebody help me. Because their father's father had money that your parents didn't have, you might think that that's the way, but not necessarily. Because when Moses was running from Jesus and felt like he had a stammering tongue and that he couldn't do this, Jesus said, hey, I'll give you what you need. I'll provide everything what you need. Now, Aaron, you go and talk for him for me. Jesus will provide what you need. It doesn't matter if your tongue is stammering. It doesn't matter where you came from, but what matters is where you're going. It doesn't matter if your father was an alcoholic. What matters is that you're not an alcoholic. It doesn't matter what trouble your brother got in and your sister got in and your cousins got in. You have the power through the Holy Spirit to say that that kind of trouble does not dwell in this temple. You have that power because God granted in order to be yoked up the only type of yoke that I'm talking about, in order to be close to the Father, it is only the Father who can change bitter into better. It is only the Father who can change routine religion into a life of spiritual transformation. It is the only the Father who can change internalized oppression into a life of sanctified expression. It is only the Father who can turn a sinner into a saint, a, a tame or unruly tongue, who can demolish pride, who can carve a tunnel of hope through a dark mountain of disappointment. Only the Father can do that. It is only the Father, through the Son, who can command, take away the stone. Believe and you see the glory of God. Father, thank you. Father, Jesus speaking. Father, you always hear. Now Lazarus, Come forth. Now Lazarus, come forth. When Lazarus was down in a grave with a napkin on his face for four days, Jesus said, Death, get out of the way. Lazarus, come forth. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. That's the kind of God that I serve that can call the dead to come forth. And who was dead down in that grave? A dead man raised up Lazarus. And this same Jesus is aware that due to our sinful condition, we labor heavy laden. We labor and are heavy laden. Our souls and minds are burdened with the cares of this world. How many can't speak to that truth? How many lay in your bed each night sometimes? Can't sleep because you are burdened with the cares of this world. How many of you are watching the television and got Obama in your hip pocket thinking that he's going to correct something? But I submit to you the word of God said, in the last days, these evil days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. In the last days, father against father, son against son. In the last days, it won't get better before the thousand years that we have to deal with. If we go and praise the Lord, I pray I make it. And we're able to watch and look and see what happened a thousand years. We're checking out things. Before that happens, it's going to get worse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to sound discouraging. But you read the Bible. Read Revelations. It's going to get worse. So don't put your trust in the Senate. Have mercy. Don't put your trust in the Senate. 
Don't put your trust in who is coming up next, which they don't even know who even want to run. Every time you look up somebody want to run, I might put my name in the hat. I might have a better chance. Who knows? Maybe the word of God can come into the White House and make a change. Of course he can. So you be careful what you're waiting on. You be careful what you're waiting on. You better put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You better put all your mind, your soul, and your body in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to get yoked up with something, you better get yoked up with Jesus Christ. This same Jesus Christ. Our soul and minds are burdened with the cares of this world. Many are trying to obtain salvation by their works. Help me somebody. And why do we do this? Because our sinful condition. Sin is directly related to trust. Trust in God. Trust is directly related to belief. Belief in God. John says, John the disciple who Jesus loved says that, and when he came, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Sin is directly related to trust and believing in God. Man too often puts his trust and belief in their resources. They seek joy and satisfaction and happiness and security and financial stability and other significant matters based on plans rather than God's plans for us. We ask God to bless our plans rather than asking God to plan our blessings. You ever, you ever thought about that? You ever thought about that? We ask God to bless our plans. Who plans? Your plans. Was it the Holy Spirit plans? Your plans. Who planned to do it the way it's being done? You are. Let's ask God to bless the blessings that he is prepared to give us. Man to all And even when some appear to be blessed, there can be a bit of pride and arrogance within the equation. We share a story with you here. There was once a farmer who invited a visiting preacher to dinner. After the morning of service, after a scrumptious meal, guess they had some veggie scallops, most of which were homegrown. The farmer took the preacher out to show him his farm with this rolling landscape, complete with fat, well-bred livestock grazing on the beautiful green pastures. He saw rows of fruit trees, fields of grain, and a garden that was out of this world. After seeing the beauty of the farm, the preacher commented, you and the Lord certainly have a beautiful farm here. The farmer replied, yeah, but you should have seen it when the Lord had it all by himself. I did this and I did that. I, I went to school and I achieved. I was a straight A student. I never made below a B. No, I didn't. I, I, I. Oh, what a sermon I preached. Just take your time. You know the God we serve set up set up worlds the God we serve plans before you were even born the God we serve he could take the voice from you right now he said I'll close your mouth if you don't speak for me so the rocks will cry out when you don't cry out and if you don't know what to say, you just concentrate on me. I'll give you what you need. Doesn't matter what school you go to, no matter what theology training you've had, I will give you what you need to preach my word. You know, when Paul, when Paul was Saul, and Saul became Paul, what school did he go to to preach the word of God? 
Make it plain. Did you hear what I just said? What school did Paul go to to preach the word of God? God said, and Paul, Paul, was so, Paul was so wrapped up in Jesus. He didn't care about dying. Turn me upside down. I don't, I don't care about dying. Didn't care because he knew what God would do for him and what God had been doing for him. Here's a man who was persecuting Christians out there killing good people. You know how they said when we were dealing with civil, civil rights out there killing all people. Then here he comes and he serves a God that turns his heart. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Only God can do that. Man too often look for what he wants based on based on his own goods. Because of this sinful condition previously spoken, it causes labor and heavy laden, as mentioned before. Not so much a physical labor, but a labor of soul and mind that causes one to be burdened with care. To be heavy laden, Jesus is not only referring to the sin that we all are burdened with, but he is speaking to many other burdens at the time uh, that was uh, on, a, on the backs of the Jewish people by the scribes and Pharisees, those kind of burdens. Burdens with all the legalism, all the things you should and should not do. Be careful. Because you can't eat no meat and come in here. Be careful. Be careful. You got to make sure you don't slip up and serve somebody on the Sabbath. Are you supposed to be doing that? Get into all the legalism. So I feel sorry for people who are less concerned about your soul and your salvation than concerned about the rules and regulations. Because when you love God and when you become convicted, the rules and regulations become a part of your life. Nobody got to tell you not to wear certain things. Nobody has to tell you not to pull your dress down. You know that thus said the Lord. You know you got a conscience. Nobody got to keep telling you the same thing over and over again. I'm not going to lose my life trying to get you right constantly. I'm not going to lose my soul with the Lord trying to get you right constantly. I'm so hard on you that I'm pressing my own self down in a hell of a grave because I'm pressing you so hard. All I want to do is offer you through Jesus Christ salvation. And I want to love you and hope that salvation will cause you to dress right. Salvation will cause you to speak right. Salvation will tell you something when you're in the club and you're jamming. Something will hit you so hard that when you get ready to do the little stuff y'all do, you'll turn around and you'll walk out. I can't do it no more. I can't do that no more. That's what I want to give you. I want to offer you salvation through Jesus Christ. Can't take all day trying to tell you what you're doing wrong. So busy on what's wrong with you, I didn't take time to look in the mirror. If I could give you anything, it'll be Jesus Christ. If I could give you anything, it'll be Jesus Christ. If I can give you anything, it'll be Jesus Christ. The people were heavy, heavy laden with so many uh, rabbi, uh, rabbinical, the rabbi and the priest requirements that an entire lifetime was ordinarily too short to even learn all of this stuff. Y'all, did you hear me? I'm talking about the, 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 the priest and the rabbis and how they, how they were doing during that time. And so, and so, and so, and so, instead of giving rest of soul to those who already were bore, or bore a heavy burden of sin, these rabbinical, or the rabbi, rabbis, the rabbinical requirements served only to crush out of the people any spark of life and hope that may have been in them. The people who sought to be conscientious groaned beneath the burden, while many of the publicans and the sinners gave up hope completely. The latter were outside the pale religious respectably and no longer made profession of, sin, of religion. In other words, some people just leave. You know, the research speaks to people leave the church because of people. Did y'all know that? People leave the church because of people. Coming to your home for dinner, First of all, I was nice enough to invite you. Here you come, 
trying to see what I got in there. Does the preacher have a jet book? Does the preacher have essence? Of course, we have the recorder. We have Steph to Christ, Desire of Ages, Patriots and Prophets. We have that, but does the preacher have a jet? Majoring in minors. Majoring in minors. Majoring in minors. I submit to you, like Martha in St. Luke, and St. Luke in 10, who was distracted over and, and being occupied with the pressure of many details necessary to, to, with the entertainment of guests. Unlike Mary, Martha overlooked the importance of, uh, of making the kingdom of God first in her interests and endeavors. According to material things and, and subordinate roles, making sure that everything is perfect as opposed to making sure that your soul is saved. I don't have a problem with perfection. Please don't misunderstand me. I think we should do God's work and I think we should do it well. So I want to make sure I would be remiss if I didn't clarify that. So don't go out thinking that I believe in lackluster work. I don't. Sometimes I think I'm a little crazy all the time. I'm spinning up here. But I can't help myself because I'm doing God's work. And if I spent 15 hours a day in the public schools, I'm going to spend 20 hours a day in Christ school. That's right. Because, see, I'm working for something else. Somebody else may see some money or somebody else may see what they might think is, is occupation. But I know that when the Lord appears in the sky, I want him to look down and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I'm looking for. So when I hear that and I hear people talk about why you did this and why you left this kind of job to come and do such and such, all I do is look at them and say they're crazy. They don't know the Jesus I know. Because in the end, they'll probably be looking at me saying, I wish that I had the opportunity that God granted you and took it. So it's all right. Majoring in minors. We need to be yoked up with Jesus. I, have to come to, I had to come tell you that Jesus' yoke is sufficient. What did I say, church? Jesus' yoke is sufficient. As the pianists come forward, Jesus' yoke is sufficient. My Bible says, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you what? I will give you rest. He will give you intermission. He will grant you recreation. He will release you from a load of responsibilities that can be placed on one like, like, like the one that was placed on the Jews during the time of the rabbis and the priests. There's another type of rest that I personally thank God for. When he said the Sabbath was made for man, Lord have mercy. You know, you know, God is kind of humorous, isn't he? You know, we serve a God that have dunkish talking. You know, and he tell us the Sabbath was made for man. Then sometimes as the Sabbath approach, everybody's all, many are all, oh my goodness, it's coming. But I personally want to say that I thank God for the Sabbath. That's the one time. That's the one time that I can, I can get a phone call and, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't mess with my heart to say I can't do that. Not today. It's the Sabbath. Oh, the Sabbath. What, what, a, what a wonderful time, the Sabbath. There's another type of rest talking about the Sabbath. Can, can, this type of Sabbath that causes rest endureth forever. This type of Sabbath. The Word of God says, do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. This type of Sabbath rest is powerful. It brings us together according to God's plan. By setting us free from labor, the Sabbath reminds us of our true significance to God. You see, we have a tendency to look to our occupations or our income for assurance that our lives are worthwhile. But the Sabbath tells us 
We are all important because we matter to God. On the Sabbath, I need y'all to hear this one. On the Sabbath, different occupations and education lose their importance. Let me say that again, because I need some people who think that you're in this church. Uh, and if you feel like, you know, certain people won't talk to you, have mercy, help me, Holy Spirit. Certain people think this way and that way. You know, God is something else. He's something else. Look what he did. He said, I give you the Sabbath because you come in here on one accord. Don't matter how much money you make. Don't matter how much education you have that I don't. Don't matter how you look, no matter if you handsome and I'm not. You know that's not true, but it doesn't matter <laughs> if, if you handsome and I'm not. Doesn't matter if you this good looking female and you may look a little better than the next female. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what car you drove up in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what home or house you left. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what problems you had before you got here, doesn't matter. Because the house that you came in, this home is a saving home. This is a hospital for the sick. This is a place for grace for everybody. This is a place for whomever got a problem come in and pour it at the altar. This is the place, it doesn't matter. This, this right here, this Sabbath, this Sabbath, God said this Sabbath right here. Because you, he knew we would get caught up in our occupations. He knew that once we come here on this Sabbath, that we realize that we have the Lord in common. We can associate as equals, brothers and sisters in Christ. Did you hear that? We can associate as equals, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why, don't get it twisted. Some people think some people are arrogant. Moi. It's not about arrogance. It's about the Savior I'm serving. He told me that you're no better than me. He told me you pull your pants down like I do. So since he told me that, it's not arrogance, it's that I'm okay with me. And you need to be okay with you. That's the kind of God we serve. And he reminds us, he said, remember the Sabbath. He used that word for a reason. Remember the Sabbath, because y'all come, we are equal. That's why it's strange and serendipitous to me when certain people have certain people they invite home. Help me, Holy Spirit. It's strange to me when certain people have certain people that they invite home. Unless you are scared for your life and you're inviting a maniac to your house, every living soul sitting up in this place deserves dinner if you got something to feed them. The larger your backyard, the more of us supposed to get up in there. Because the Lord gave it to you. And it's just like his word. He didn't give you salvation to keep it to yourself. God gave it to you so you can take it out. The mission of the church is to complete Christ's work. That is the mission of the church, to complete Christ's work. What was Christ's work? He was carrying salvation to the world. Hope you got that if you got nothing. Well, I'm always just amazed at who decides who go. How they pick them, y'all? I don't know, but they got a way of picking them. I guess they go through the book and check. Yeah. I don't know. When God, but the God I serve, when he grants you the type of rest that he can grant you. We still in the book of the word now. If you understand, if you listen to what's been said, it's all right there in Matthew 11. Are you with me? I don't need you to think that, that we just, uh, Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it's there. Now, when God grants you this kind of rest, you will have humility. Christ said, read it in Matthew, like Christ, gentle and lowly in heart. That's why it amazes me sometimes when people say, I can't believe that you would do that for us. Let me tell you, he said, as unto the least of them, that you have done, you have done unto me also. I'm just blessed that I can do something. Did you hear me? Yes. Just blessed that I can do something, Elder. Doesn't matter when you say, I can't believe you did what I didn't do. You know what I like to do? I like to bring somebody from the dead. I like to bring somebody back from the dead. That's what I really like to do. I'm not doing, look, that's nothing. You did this and you did that. 
You better thank God that he's blessed you to do anything for anybody. You better thank God you're not laying on your back right now. You better thank God that you're in your right mind and have all your faculties. You better thank God that you woke up this morning and understood that you woke up. You better thank God that you woke up and put your feet flat on the floor. There are some people who got up this morning and couldn't put their feet flat on the floor. You better thank God. You better thank God. When you attain the type of rest that I'm talking about, you will no longer arrive in this building or this sanctuary the same. When you're yoked up with God, when you're yoked up, we all may be, and we may all have come from different houses, but in this sanctuary, we're in the same home. We may arrive dressed differently, but we are all seeking to wear the same robe of righteousness. We may be speaking different languages and funny accents and dialects in this building, but we should all be having the same contextual conversation. What should we be talking about? Savior. We should talk about salvation on the Sabbath. We should be talking about conviction on the Sabbath. We should be talking about Holy Ghost power on the Sabbath. We should be talking about the Holy Spirit guiding me on the Sabbath. We should be talking about sanctification on the Sabbath. We should be talking about grace and mercy on the Sabbath. We should be talking about a born again experience on the Sabbath. We should be talking about a new creature in Christ on the Sabbath. We should be talking about how we love one another on the Sabbath. We should be talking about bearing each other's burden and we should be talking about when you are lifted up I am lifted up when you are successful I am successful when you are doing good I'm doing good when you feel good I feel good when you hurt I hurt if there's pain I have pain when you need someone to come see you just call on me that's what we should be talking about that context in this building we are all on the same accord with one God with one God That's what we be, should be talking about. We should talk about being equally yoked with Jesus. Once he abides in you, then I want you to leave. I'm going to put something on your heart before you leave out of here today. When he abides in you and you in him, as said in the book of John, when you get ready to go, they used to call it have, have a preacher for dinner. You sit around your table and you talk about someone for the next 30, I'm going to put something on your heart. I like to make it practical because you're going to remember it when you go home. And if you don't want to talk about salvation and grace and mercy and the goodness of God and you start talking about what you don't like about somebody and how they look and what they did and what they didn't do on God's Sabbath, which is supposed to be a Sabbath where we are really supposed to be careful of what even comes out of our mouth on this day. So I want to put this in your head. You sit around and you talk like that. I want you to be bothered, shaken. I want you to just tremble. I want you to tremble because you're not, you're not talking about what you should be talking about. And I submit to you, and I say this with all due respect and with pain for you, but if you can talk about one another and don't care, if you can hurt one's feelings and don't care, if you can do the same sin over and over and don't care, you may have been left. Jesus may have left you. Because if you sin without consciousness, check the word of God. I'm not just talking. If you can sin without consciousness of sin, you might be left. It should bother you if you sin. If you hurt somebody's feelings, you should come to them and say, I'm sorry. You should go to them and say, I'm sorry. You have your own self-aggrandizement every time you get ready to do a plan or an accident as it deals with God's house and you know what you want to see happen. You need to get on your knees and ask God to work with you that his will will be done. Doors of the church are open. Two appeals. My first appeal. If before you leave here today, you're going to be careful what comes out of your mouth. You're going to read James and you're going to understand the taming of the tongue and understanding that no man can tame that tongue except for the Holy Spirit. You're going to be conscious of what comes out of your mouth. And why? Because if the Holy Spirit dwells in this place, then God can bless us. And if we begin one at a time working on the tongue and taming and getting yoked up with Jesus Christ, that we're bothered by what we're saying and what we're doing one to the other because it is said, how can you love me 
whom you've never seen and yet you don't love your neighbor. So I want you to first, if you're taking a stand today to say that I'm going to be conscious of what comes out of my mouth. I'm going to spend more time talking about salvation and being yoked up with Jesus and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost power and the Holy Ghost spirit and so forth and so on. Grace and mercy, stand with me. Stand with me if you're going to today begin to recognize that my conversations, for the word of God says, so as a man thinketh, so is he. My conversations make who I am. I want to be conversating about a good God about a loving God, a kind God. I want to be yoked up with him because being yoked up with him can help my burdens be easy and light. Now I want us to hold hands. Just hold hands with someone beside you. I want us to bow heads and I want us to pray. I want us to pray that someone heard this message this morning. and That Principal Holiday did not speak to them but the Holy Spirit spoke to them. I was just a vessel, prayerfully, a sinner, saved by grace, trying to get to someone because the Lord is still in the business of saving. If there's someone who's heard this message, I want you to just squeeze the hand tight and take that hand and bring that person up with you because that person may not be able to do it by themselves. But if we can just hold that person with us and walk down the aisle with that person and say I want to give my, law, my, my heart to Christ this morning I want to give my heart to Christ this morning church pray because in anything said and done if salvation is not found at the cross then this message is not what it needed to be pray church somebody receive salvation this morning